velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. Wow, what a day. My name is Gabriel and to talk a thick to scale off the charts, I am joined by a big, big guest to cap off a big, big day. I'm joined by Bath back rower, Miles Reed. Miles, how are you? Thank you for joining. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. And uh, a pleasure to be on the podcast. Yeah, you just said that you um, you actually tune in occasionally to them. So, uh, yeah, first time caller, long time listener, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've, I've listened to a few. Um, to be honest, look, it's great to have a podcast for the fans where, you know, people with a, with interest and, you know, fans of, of the club can listen into and, you know, a bit of discussion around the game. No, it's always going to be good things, always going to be bad things. But um, yeah, no, great to see you guys doing it. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And yeah, no Tom this week. Um, so yeah, I think everyone will agree it's a bit of an upgrade. We're going to talk, obviously, about the huge <laughs> news today that Finn Russell, the Scotland, British and Irish Lions, and soon to be former Racing 92 fly half, has been confirmed to be joining Bath. We'll talk that. And then we'll talk to about the, the too-long game that happened. Feels like a long time ago now with all the news that has come out today. Um, and then discuss a little bit, Miles, about the, the kind of pathway through the academy before looking ahead to what's to come for the remainder of the um, of the season here. But yeah, we can't kind of, we can't really do a podcast today without talking Finn Russell. So before we do get on to Toulon, what was kind of the reaction today when, when that news, when that news broke miles at training? Yeah, I think it's one of excitement. Um, obviously, you know, us guys are in kind of a similar boat to you fans. So there's, you know, there's, speculation about it in the in the press and you know little whispers here and there outside of the outside of the club that go around but um obviously you know contract with contracts no one knows until it's actually signed and and announced so yeah no today was pretty cool um finally get announced you know excited people because you know Finn, Finn is one of you know, the best tens in the world so yeah very exciting to 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 hear that today yeah, it was exciting, wasn't it? As you say, a lot of speculation. And then when he played the the game on Sunday evening against Harlequins, even more so with the way they reacted to the questions after that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think think maybe the the guys at Bath needed an extra day just to get all their social media content in line because there's been some cracking stuff <laughs> coming out today. Yeah, I know. I was, I was speaking to them earlier, um, you know, giving them some stick and asking them how long this is going to go on. You know, they put every every meme they can together to, to post out there about him. But um, yeah, no, fair play. So it's a massive one. I don't, you know, not just for Bath, but I think for the whole of the Premiership as well. It's a, you know, it's a huge player coming to the Premiership. So yeah, we're, we're lucky enough to have him. 
yeah, we are, and can't wait to to watch him come next season when he joins after after the World Cup. What do you think, Mars? He's going to bring to to the Bath side. Obviously, you would have watched him for Scotland and and um, at Glasgow and Racing. What what about his game? Do you like and maybe? What about his game as a back row? Do you you kind of maybe fear if you're if you're coming up against him? I think you know the ultimate thing that makes him amazing is his flair and his, his kind of trickery. Um, you know, watching watching some of the games and some of the things that he does for Racing are you know pretty pretty unbelievable. I can only dream of doing them <laughs> myself. Um, so yeah, no, he'll bring he'll bring that. He's a threat and threat at the line, which means that. It's easy to run off his shoulder. Um, you know, he's going to attract defenders to him. So running off him is going to be unreal. Um, I think his control of the game as well. You know, he's a he's a very experienced 10, as you say, British and Irish Lions. So the control that he'll have over the game, his his kicking game is is great. So, you know, building on what we've what we've kind of started doing already this season in the style of how we're going to play, um, he'll he'll fit in right there. And, you know, I'm excited to see see him with our backline combination. You know, we've been building a really good backline this season. Um, I think probably out of everybody, Cam, Cam is probably the most excited for him to come. Um, <laughs> even before any, any of the speculation started, Cam, when we came back from Scotland camp, and be like, oh, no, Finn's so cool. He does, he does, uh, he does the team run, like the captain's run with his, with his laces untied. He's so relaxed, so good. So, yeah, some boys have been giving Cavs a stick because he's uh, he seems to be his number one fan. But yeah, it'd be great to see see those guys playing together. Yeah, it will be great that that Scotland connection linking up at, at Farley House and at the Rack. And I I can imagine obviously will as fans be be lucky enough to watch him in action. But a player like Finn Russell mm. is always sort of you hear about what he does at the training ground, and I can imagine there's mm. some boys there. Um, can maybe one himself that you've got currently that that kind of do some ridiculous things in training, and I'm sure, I'm sure Russell will will be the same when he joins. Let's say at the at the start of next season, he'll be joining a side that is probably not going to be Challenge Cup champions at the time. Unfortunately, um, another loss, obviously on the road uh, against Toulon on on Saturday afternoon, Miles. Um, I noticed towards the end of the game that you were holding a shoulder. I just want to check um, that everything's okay and that you're that you're you're fighting fit and ready to go on on Christmas Eve. Yeah, all safe and sound. To be fair, um, just a stinger. So I, I caught my caught my neck in an awkward position and it sent pin, pins and needles and numbness all down my arm. So for a second there, when I was on the ground, I was like. God, what, what have I done here? But you know, after after ten seconds, it worn off. So, nice. yeah, thankfully that was that was nothing too bad. Yeah. And what what were your thoughts on on the game and and on the performance? I think Toulon are, are probably one of the favourites for the for the whole competition and a really good side. Mm. So it was going to be difficult going there. Mm. How do you think you guys fronted up? Um, it, it, personally, I just found it a frustrating one. Um, mm. We went there with the with the mindset that we were going to go and attack them. We were going to go and move them around. You know, they're big boys um, that don't want to be moved around and you know turn with kicks front foot kicks over their the heads. So that was our mindset going in with it. We also knew that their scrum was probably the best scrum in Northern Hemisphere rugby. Um, you know, the, the penalties that they get in in the top fourteen are, are crazy, and that's a big physical you know league where scrum scrums are much stronger than anywhere else so in Europe it's 
it's going to be tough. Um, so I think that was probably a frustration for everybody that, you know, we, we knew that and then we went into the game and, and conceded some, some penalties there uh, that just allowed them to stay in our half for large periods of, periods of the game, which was, yeah, which was tough. And when you want to go and go and attack a team, when you're stuck in your own half, like, that's never going to really happen. Um, similar, similar with the line out, you know, we had a, we had a few that opportunities where we could get into the half and then, you know, our drill wasn't spot on or just a slight, slight thing wasn't, wasn't there and it, it didn't allow us. But I think, you know, for glimpses of the game, I was thinking, you know, we're going to be here back onto it. So the, try that Joe almost almost scored with the with the kick through mm. um you know he scores that and it, it kind of it kind of changes the game uh there and it was I think the the biggest positive that I could take out of it was that you know first half was 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 tough you know we were we probably got do- we got well I would say we got dominated there but in the second half we came back fixed the scrum largely uh got into their half you know scored a try so it's, it seems to be seems to be like a, a theme with us that in our second half we're much better. So uh, that probably suggests that our fitness is there. It's just yeah now is how we're starting the game and and how we're leaking tries at the start of the games. You talked there, Miles, about the kind of Toulon and the quality of their scrum and the pack and and mm-hmm. in that league. I was wondering how difficult it is to kind of prepare for a European side that you maybe see. Yeah, maybe maybe once every five, even longer years. Mm. Whereas in the Premiership, it's often the same sort of teams that you'll see twice a year. So you kind of have a bit more of an idea of the players and how they play and, and mm. where they might be able to be exploited. What? How much more difficult is it preparing for a side like Toulon that that you you know rarely rarely see? I think yeah, like you said, it is it is tough, especially with. With French teams because they, they do crazy things that you know sometimes just happen happen off the cuff. Um, Toulon, for example, they pick and go a lot. Um, a, a large majority of their their attacking carries are from just random pick and goes that you know I don't even know if they they know that they're going to do themselves. So uh, a lot of it was just focusing on ourselves. So like I said, we spoke about their scrum. We spoke about the opportunities for us to get into the game, how we attack them. So last week the focus was, you know, it was it was on us mostly. Um, but there's there's things here and there that you can see that they do, the way that they defend in the line out, uh, the way that they attack in the line out and and what they're gonna bring, that they're kind of the smaller, smaller details that you can pick up on. Mm. But largely, yeah, you don't you don't kind of get a feel for them like for example, Exeter this weekend, we know exactly what they're gonna do. Yeah. They've been doing the same thing for years and years and years. Um, so yeah, no, it is, it is a difficult one, but it is, it is like I said, it's, it's possible to possible to do. And, and how difficult is the, the the trip as a whole going out there? And there's like you guys are playing so much rugby at the moment; it's relentless. Mm. And kind of, I guess, is it a, another a, a day's fewer training in the preparation, and then a, a day's fewer kind of breakdown as well because of all the travel <laughs> Um, we had a we had a pretty similar week last week, so we travelled on the Friday Friday morning. Um, yeah, got to France uh, mid afternoon, and then actually went to the stadium in that evening and and did kind of a, a bit of a walkthrough type thing. So, yeah, I, I, you could say that travelling is difficult, but personally for me, and I know for a lot of the other boys, you know, it's a 
you know, we're grateful for it. It's a, it's a nice experience. This is the, one of the perks of the job where you can go and see amazing places around the world. Um, I've never played rugby in France myself. So just the, the journey over was, was pretty cool. And, you know, seeing, seeing around Toulon was, was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's nice to go and, and travel away to these places and, and see something different. You weren't still in France for the, the football world cup final, were you? <laughs> no, I said to a few of the boys after actually, it'd be pretty nuts over here for the for the final. Um, lucky we weren't because yeah, I don't think it would have turned, <laughs> turned out too fun. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Cra- crazy game. Um, and yeah, you, you, mm. I think you're right. The the slow start has been yeah, it's been frustrating for for you guys. I can imagine that that you know we our fitness is. It seems like from an outsider's point of view that the fitness is is just so so much better and the ending games really well. But yeah, those slow starts have been have been frustrating. I'm sure you guys are, are working hard to to fix it. What have you? What's been your overall assessment of? of maybe your season so far from a, from a personal level, I think a couple of injuries in the first couple of games, but, but had a run of games now recently, which, which is fantastic. How, how do you think you're kind of progressing and, and, and learning and improving under Van Gran and, and the coaches? Yeah. Like you said, um, go back three months and, you know, I was in preseason with an ankle, ankle injury that I picked up there, which was, you know, massively frustrating when, especially when you're starting under a new coach, going into a season where you know everybody's everybody's buzzing for the season. You just want to get stuck in. So, yeah, for me that that was frustrating. But then the way that I kind of came back into things, the first game back against Wasps, um, you know, went well, and all, all these games since have went well. Um, yeah, for me, the, the main things are my my dominance in the collision. So in defence, you know getting getting dominant uh tackle stats um trying to trying to disrupt them in that that aspect um another one that i've been trying to work on you know when johan came in i had a conversation with him and it's something that i had to an area which i wanted to grow my game but my ball carry um i feel in the past you know i've been you would look at me and say i'm a i'm a defensive player you know i make tackles and made turnovers but you know didn't make as as many carries as as usual so we kind of added that into my game and you know that's been going pretty steadily um still something I want to want to push forward and get my hands on the ball more and more um so yeah no if I look at it as a whole it's been yeah it's been nice to get that that game time in um but I'm someone that I can't kind of I, I never I never really rest and look at it and kind of Take take my foot off the gas. I'm just wanting to get more and more game time and uh, improve more and more. And you say kind of you you maybe been seen in the past or see yourself as more of a defensive player. And, and your kind of defence mm. is absolutely from from my point of view. Watching you is is a you know really strong facet of your game. And I guess you've been working closely with with JP Ferreira, the new defence coach. Mm-hmm. What if you could kind of maybe give Bath fans um, a little bit of insight into what he's like to work with and kind of what his main messages are, because we hear a lot from, from Johan and obviously we know Hatley and, and Charteris and, and Maddox to an extent, mm-hmm. but, but Ferreira is kind of a guy that, that we haven't heard a huge amount from. What's, what's he been like and what's kind of his main, main kind of point of emphasis with that defense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, JP's class. JP's really good. Uh, I enjoy working with him. 
his main his main kind of ethos is contact dominance. You need that to in any defense. Um, setting first. So you know the speed that you set allows you to see more, allows you to time to then go and get off the line. Connected line speed, um, which is all of us together, you know, leading the line um, and making sure there's no there's no one person quicker than the other, and you know that leaves triangles, that leaves gaps. So yeah, that's that's kind of his main his main messages, and it's very simple. I think that and the best defenses are. They are very simple. Um, so yeah, no, it's been great working with JP. You know, he's a he's a funny guy. He likes to crack a joke. Um, so yeah, boys love him. Um, so yeah, no, I, it's been a massive help having him in and and growing my game. Um, whereas, you know, before I kind of look at things a little bit differently, and now I've kind of almost changed the way that I kind of see things and think about things. And you know, I've, I've spoken to him a lot about kind of. Myself, sometimes I end up overworking in, in defense. Um, so kind of trying to, to not let that happen. So when I'm actually having a, having an impact on the game, it's to a higher quality than before. Whereas, you know, you don't want loads and loads of events where they're to a lower quality, um, when, when you're overworking. So yeah, great work. Yeah, he kind of he seems like he's he's really involved with that defense, kind of hands on. I think when when you go to the rack, you see mm. him in the in the like dugout mm. area um, and running on with the water and trying to get those key messages on during the game. So yeah, and I mm. think it's definitely clear that the the influence he's he's having the defense. Unfortunately, last mm. season was um, kind of wasn't where I guess you guys wanted it to be. So and it's definitely definitely improving improving this season and he's one of the, the kind of many coaches you will have worked with at Bath Mars. I think you joined the kind of academy pathway at 13 um, Beach and Cliff School and, and kind of been involved since then. What's what's that pathway like to be in, involved with um, and kind of, yeah, are there any key key coaches or, or key influences that, that you can point to on uh, kind of throughout those 11 or so years now? Yeah, so yeah, like you said, joined joined the academy when I was thirteen. Uh, I actually remember going to Farley for the for the first time, and you know, being being put into a room at the start. And I remember looking around, thinking, "Like, is this where is this where rugby teams usually train?" Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty special. You know, I, I've grown up here all my life. I've been a a bar fan, just like guys listening to this. Um, so then to come through that pathway is, is really special. Um, you know, I've had, I've had many coaches, uh, uh, along the pathway, you know, when I, uh, finished my GCSEs, obviously moved over to Beach and Cliff, um, Sean Turner there, who's head of rugby there was a, was a massive help to me, you know, the way that he kind of was the whole, the guy behind the ACES scheme at, at Beach and Cliff, um, his class and you look at you look at how many players are coming through now that, yeah. that actually went to Beach and Cliff School is is really good. Whereas in the past they may have been, you know, Millfield, Gibraltar, schools like that. So it's yeah, no, it's, it's it's great to see that. Um uh Andy Rock who used to be at the club, he was my he was my academy academy manager. So when I first joined the club as a as a professional in the academy um, he was the guy that looked after us. Um, we had a, was a house of five of us academy lads, and you know he was almost like our dad in that aspect. <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, learn learn a lot of lessons from him, not only in rugby, but you know, general life lessons. Um, so yeah, no, I, I owe him a lot. Um, you know, hoops as well as a as a you know the role that he was in before before when Todd was here. Um, you know, he kind of oversaw us slowly transitioning into into first team kind of rugby. Um, and you know the knowledge that that I got of him was was so valuable. Um, so yeah, they're they're main guys, and you know I went to university as well. Played a lot of rugby at the university. Um, Aaron James there, the, the head of rugby there, was 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 brilliant. I actually know him from when I was much younger as a as a kind of family friend. So to to have him up at the uni there was was pretty cool. So yeah, no, it's been an amazing pathway, and I can't believe. How quickly time flies! I'm 24 now, and uh, <laughs> it feels like yesterday when I first first stepped into squad at 18. <laughs> and in terms of players, I guess you've seen some some cracking back rowers over the course of mm. that period. Is there a player that you maybe um, kind of watched and thought, "Yeah, I think that my game is is similar to to his, or I want my game to to be similar to mm. his." Um, I get asked this question a lot, you know, with with the back row that we've we've kind of had at the club. Um, like you say, it's, it's pretty crazy. But I've always I've always been keen to be to be my own person, to be me me as a player, and pick things from different people's games. So Francois, when he was here, you know, he's unbelievable over the ball. Some of the some of the turnovers he got at crucial moments in the game were crazy. So you know. Always, always tried to pick his brain, and even since he's retired, spoke to him around around the breakdown and and stuff like that, which is which has been a massive help. Um, to Lupe, you know, one of the best rugby players. Well, I'd probably say one of the yeah, one of the best rugby players I've ever played with. Um, the things that he could do were were crazy, and you know, the footwork that he had for such a big a big guy was was insane. So. Yeah, just watching him and, and and seeing what he did and seeing how he kind of conducts himself was was pretty inspirational. Um, you know, people. There's so many. There's so many names. Zach, uh, the way that he carried the ball was was insane. Uh, still doing it now and ripping up trees over in France. Um, and then you know, God. Oh no! I know. Uh, luckily, luckily, I, I feel like. I've played with him. I can. I feel like I can. <laughs> I can kind of tell what he's going to do. But you know, for everybody probably <laughs> probably kind of says that. And no one knows. You know, he could be. He could be anybody. Um, but yeah, guys, guys at the yeah. club now. You know, Josh Bayliss. Me and him came up through the through the academy together, and you know, bounced off each other for for many years now. So that's that's been a great help. You know, we can we can talk to each other like mates and uh, as rugby players as well. Um, and Sam, um, you know, massively grateful for for him being at the club, and you know, t- he's he kind of as Flo left, he filled that role, you know, amazingly, yeah. and the stuff that he did for and has done for England is incredible. Some of the performances you look at his performance against New Zealand and in that game, and uh, amazing. So, mm. yeah, all these all these guys I've, I've learned stuff from, but, you know, you're also competing against. So, where they want to play, you want to play too. So, you've got to make sure that you're you're growing your game just as they're growing their game. For sure. And, and Josh Bayless, you mentioned there, he's 
like been deservedly called up to Scotland and Sam playing mm-hmm. for England. You were involved with the the training squad <clears throat> in in the summer of 2021. Um, mm-hmm. New England coach now. Um, still got those those aspirations. I'm I'm kind of massively assuming, but yeah, that that must be that must be yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent, hundred percent. I look back now, when I was in that camp, you know, it was the it was the week of the game that was meant to be get, played against Scotland Day, and you know that game ended up getting called off because of COVID. But in that week, ended up doing my eye socket, and for me, that was like, you know, you've got. I had the opportunity there. I had the opportunity to to potentially get capped, and got taken away through injury or, or whatever. But I'm a big believer in stuff happens for a reason and that's made me more hungry to to go and get caps and go and play for England you know it's every young boy's dream so yeah I'm still chipping away each day trying to improve each day to to kind of go get there yeah absolutely and yeah keep, keep going the way this season and yeah definitely Borthwick will be will be on the phone I'm sure and and keep chipping away to to Exeter on Christmas Eve um, before we get into the game and, and you said you know exactly how they're going to play so Bath fans anticipating a, a nice easy win at Sandy Park if you if you know exactly what they're going to do <laughs> um, but what's kind of your guys Christmas Christmas look like with a, a game on Christmas Eve I'm assuming that's much better news for you guys than a game on Boxing Day like it was last year yeah, I think so. You know, last year was tough with COVID and everything. You know, boys <laughs> ended up having to come in and test on, on on Christmas Day, which was yeah, wasn't wasn't great. But yeah, this year our schedule has actually landed perfectly. So yeah, play that that boxing the the Christmas Eve game, Christmas Day off, Boxing Day off, and then we're we're in for that week, and then we end up playing the next game on against Newcastle on uh, on New Year's Eve so we also get that off and then a, and a few days off after that so yeah as a rugby player you don't usually get a massive amount of time off around this period uh, but luckily we do this year so yeah make the most of it and, and enjoy it with family and, and yeah. friends so yeah pretty good schedule around this Christmas pretty good schedule and I think it would be made even better with a, a win at Sandy Park on, on Christmas mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said you you kind of can anticipate what they what they're going to bring. What 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 can you guys do? What are you working on to to kind of restrict them from doing that that so well? They are so effective and and, and have been now for for a few years. And and, and this season, are mm. kind of starting to rebuild a little bit after what was a slight down season last season. What mm. what are you guys working on? What's the key the key message from from Johan this week? I'm not sure I want to say in case this goes up before and there's anybody anybody extra <laughs> sports extra watching. But um yeah, no, they've always been a strong set piece team. Um you know, last couple of years they probably tried to go away from that and, and innovate their game and that ended up not working for them. So they've gone back to, to how they were when they were winning. So, you know, their driving rule is a massive massive threat of theirs uh, that's how they get into the game they attack with the ball for long long periods of time hold the ball for long periods of time they don't like kicking out so when they're exiting they want to they want to kick long keep it keep it on the on the field so they're not giving you line up starters um, and as you've seen again the game that they played the other day against the Bulls they want to they want to get into line ups and go quickly or they want to have quick taps and go quickly so yeah, we've got a plan around around that and how we're going to go down there and 
and play against them and, and get into the game. And yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. I think Armour's been working for us very well as well. Um, so yeah, battle, battle of the malls. Um, you can't give away penalties against these guys because they'll just they'll, they'll kind of kick you into kick you into corners. Yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, we're unable to go. But if you are going, enjoy it. It will be yeah, a fantastic game, I'm sure. And and yeah, a battle of the malls is a hell of a way to sell it because yeah, if you if you like malls, which, which I certainly do, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching that on hopefully an early Christmas gift. Miles, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. I believe you've got. Um, uh, a birthday dinner with, with Cam Redpath. He's already got the best birthday present he could want with the arrival of Finn Russell. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to top yeah, that. But, really um, that. Thank you very much for joining me and best of luck on, on Saturday and, and for the rest of the season and, and with those England aspirations as well, mate. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be, uh, be on here. Thank you. And there, Miles goes. Thank you very very much for joining me um and now it's just me uh and we will be back next well before the next game ahead of christmas myself and tom will we'll let the dust settle a little bit on the finn russell news before getting the next podcast to you where we will talk in even more depth about that fantastic that fantastic signing but before I go and and not wanting to to bore you listeners with too much of a monologue I'm actually going to turn it over to my fellow co-host Tom who as I say couldn't join us but did send me a, a, a little message with his thoughts so on a brilliant day for Bath I'm going to kind of leave you with with this message and I think sums up the the excitement around today perfectly Tom says what a massive scoop, both for the club and the league, bucking the trend of players leaving for abroad. Some of the best days as a Bath fan have been at the hands of Mercurial 10s, Ford, James, Stuart Barnes, and even Stephen Donald and Molly Malone on their day. And Russell is not only one of the best in the world, but incredibly exciting to watch, plays with a smile and will bring more eyes to the most well-attended club in the league. What a man for Bailey to learn from too. And the all-Scottish combo with Cam will be something. Massive credit to both JVG for landing this and also to Bruce Craig and backers for putting their money where their mouth is again during very difficult economic times. We're very fortunate when you look at what has happened to others this season. The future is bright in blue, black and white. Speak to you soon. Stick behind the boys through thick and thin.